Hey everyone, this is Derek Stone and you're listening to the Working Triathlete Podcast. This podcast is devoted to helping you find maximum performance with deliberate efficiency. How's it going? How's your weekend? Are you down in Miami yet? We're not in Miami yet. We are going to drive down on Wednesday. Uh, so it's a long drive, like 14-ish hours from Nashville, typically. But my wife is is pregnant, so we're going to have to stop every hour, probably. So it's going to be, it might be like a 20-hour trip. We'll see. We'll see. And we'll have Kona, our golden retriever, in the back. And he he's very affectionate, so he'll be uh, wanting to make his way to the front seat uh, the entire time and is very vocal when he gets bored. So it'll be, it'll be a trying, trying trip, but it's the holidays. It's what it's for long road trips to see family. And uh, it'll be kind of fun, I think. Yeah. Well, I've never been pregnant before, but at my old age now, I have to stop every hour to pee anyway. So <laughs> I can totally relate to that. <laughs> you are the king of stuff, even during runs. <laughs> Yes, it's it's the winter time and and uh, too much coffee. However, yesterday during the group run in Cleveland, I only had one cup of coffee in the morning, and well, I guess I did have to stop after I departed from everyone else. But it's it's like the cold weather. I don't know what it is. I think uh, the lack of sweating and uh, the diuretic of coffee just makes me pee a lot. Yeah, well, the cold definitely causes you to to have to pee that's that's scientifically proven and i don't know if you you have the same urge when you're in cold water swimming or something but uh i don't even want to think about how much you know pee is in pools uh you know if people who go to master swimming you're looking around you see 30 other people but nobody stops to you know go and use the toilet it's like you know what's happening oh yeah but that's just part of it yeah, there's there's two types of people in the world: those that pee in the pool and those that lie about it. Yeah, those who are open and those who lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess diving in, uh, some of the biggest news in the triathlon world: uh, Gwen Jorgensen has announced she's going to return to try, and her goal, it sounds like, is to compete in the mixed team relay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, for those that don't know who she is, she competed at the Olympic games and Rio in 2016, won a gold medal. Um, so she's an, an Olympic champ. And after that, she stepped away and, uh, had her first son and then started pursuing, uh, her, her debut in the marathon and, and some other peer running events. So, yeah, so she won at, at Rio in 2016 and, she was the top, obviously, you know, female triathlete in, in the world um, and then had her son and then stepped away and, and focused on on running. And, you know, originally her goal, I think, was to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics and, and the marathon. But uh, that is incredibly difficult to do. But she did. She joined Bowerman uh, and the Bowerman Track Club. And, you know, she had some pretty darn solid performances. Uh, you know, she ran a 15.08 5K. Um, she ran sub 32 minutes in the 10K. And then she had probably, relatively speaking, more lackluster performances in the 
at the longer running distances. I think she ran uh, a little bit over 110 for the half, and uh, I don't think she broke 230 in the marathon. Looks like her PR was 236. So at this point, so I believe she had a, another child, and at this point is is looking to pivot back to try, but she's mainly focusing on the mixed relay. Um, and, you know, I know working triathlete, we have some experience with, with the mixed relay, uh, having won the very first mixed relay national championships, uh, at the age group level at Irving last year. And, you know, the mixed relay, uh, at the Olympics, you know, consisted of 300 meter swim, 6,800 meter bike, and then a 2000 meter run at, uh, Irving, it was a 250 meter swim, 5k bike, and then a 1.2 kilometer run. So it's short and fast. And um, the U.S. got the silver medal at at the Olympics uh, for it. So you know that's pretty solid. But hopefully, you know Jorgensen can help help uh, uplift the team, and and you know we can take gold however everybody's faster now yeah since she left yeah I, I think the question is like can she return to that that speed and especially it's it's even a different i mean it's even faster you know like she did the olympic distance and the mixed team relay is a new event as of the most recent olympics so i don't even know if she's ever had experience racing something that short before Right. You know, it's, it's a different beast for sure. I mean, she was certainly dominant back in the day and, you know, she's probably the most renowned, most notable, uh, U S triathlete ever. And, you know, to, uh, she's 36 years old. So, you know, that is on the older side at the, you know, when it comes to short course racing, but, you know, we see older athletes showing up time and time again, and throwing down incredible performances in triathlon and even in, in running, you know, you have Abdi Abdi Rahman, he qualified for the Olympics. He was like, you know, early forties, he qualified in the, in the marathon. You, you see Andy Potts tearing mm -hmm. it up. Um, you know, he's been around since forever. Uh, and I mean, even look at Jan, Jan Fredino and, mm -hmm. and, you know, Sebi, Sebastian Keenle, Ben Hoffman, they're throwing down, world-class performances, uh, approaching 40 years old. So you never want to, to count her out. And frankly, like we don't know what her level of fitness is in you know, the swim and, and cycling, uh, running. Obviously, she's at a fairly high level. Um, you know, certainly probably sufficient run prowess to uh, uh, run with the best in the world in, in triathlon. Um, but, you know, so swim bike, that, that's the question mark. The good thing is, you know, she she has a solid swim background. She she tended to, to swim towards the front and then, you know, would always be able to kind of sit in that pack when she uh, competed, you know, sit in the, in, in the cycling pack and draft. So we all know that in short course racing, I mean, it, it's simply the case that the bike matters less. So that's perhaps beneficial for her. Um, so we'll, but we'll see. I know one reason she stopped triathlon was uh, in order to spend more time with her family because, you know, 
at the world triathlon level back in the day, the ITU level, you had to travel around the world a lot. And mm -hmm. that obviously took a lot out of you. It prevented athletes from starting families and, and being good parents and, and all of that. It's just a very demanding schedule. So, you know, she stepped away and, and then pursued, uh, you know, running, I think to spend more time with the family. Um, and, you know, we'll see, we'll see now with, uh, with a couple of kids, what her race schedule looks like, but you know, it's, it's exciting following one of the, uh, you know, iconic us triathletes uh, making a comeback. It's, it's pretty exciting and pretty cool. No matter the outcome. Yeah. I think, uh, it'll be interesting to see how she does adapt because, uh, you know, for the world triathlon series and, and getting like a qualification spot to the Olympics, you have to race probably race pretty frequently. I know in her last uh, YouTube video, she talked about how she has to, you know, prove herself early on this season uh, to get her name on a, on a start list at a race in August next year to potentially qualify for the Olympics. And so the, the, there is discretion, you know, when it comes to those qualifying spots for each, uh, each country. However, she still needs a race to uh, the highest performance to even earn her, earn her way to the start list anyway. Yeah, th that's the thing. So th that's what's interesting here because, you know, we have some very solid, uh, you know, female athletes on, on the women's side in triathlon right now. I mean, Taylor Nib is, is obviously, you know, dominant you know, world champ mm -hmm. <laughs> at the 70.3 distance. Uh, and I mean, there, there are others as well. Um, you know, you have Taylor Spivy and, and Kristen Casper. So it is not like she's a shoe in because there are only two, you know, obviously, obviously there are, are two female slots on the mixed relay. Mm -hmm. So it isn't obvious that she can, uh, you know, beat, beat those athletes, but it also isn't obvious that she can't. So it's it'll be exciting sort of watching it watching the competition watching how she progresses but one thing that's interesting in this whole thing is is she is basically doing what a lot of triathletes do especially age group triathletes which is juggle you know being a parent juggle numerous responsibilities and then trying to you know compete at the at a world class level so it's it's going to be interesting watching her compete. You know, she's going to be 38 years old uh, when the Paris Games roll <laughs> rolls around. Right. That's, that's going to be older than any, uh, well, certainly U.S. Olympic triathlete. I don't, I don't think there might have been an how old was I don't know. Regardless, you know, that's on the older side for short course racing, but it's there's a lot of evidence that if you treat your body well and you uh, pay special attention to, especially to recovery as you get older, you can maintain incredible performances, you know, and continue PRing potentially, uh, you know, into your early forties probably. Um, but it is the case that recovery becomes even more important. Uh, and, but a lot of times, you know, we see athletes once they start almost, once they start reducing volume, Sometimes there's a little bit of a spike in performance, um, at least for a short period, as their body sort of uh, it, it's not overtrained and it can kind of recover. And and sometimes we see athletes perform better if they're constantly, you know, 
uh, sort of burying themselves in training. So maybe a measured approach is is best at this point. And when we think about the mixed relay, it is super, super short. Mm -hmm. So I think the it's going to require sort of a different training emphasis. Uh, certainly volume is, is essential because it's still aerobic, but you know, those, those fast switch muscles are going to matter a little bit more. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how that training unfolds and, and if she can, uh, claw her way back up to the top, but I think it would be silly to discount her. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it already with us triathletes perform well at the highest level being a new parent, you know, Chelsea Cedaro won the Ironman world championships with an 18 month old, uh, Ben Canute. He's a father, I think of two kids while, you know, so there is people have done it, you know, and it's been done before. And the, the interesting thing will be the, the short course emphasis on it though, because I think in long course there's, well, I, not being a parent, but I think that, you know, as you get older, people tend to actually step up in distance rather than stepping down. And that will be unique, I think, in this situation. Right. And then, you know, one big question mark is the, uh, so the time off. I mean, we don't know how much she has been swimming and cycling. Um, you know, obviously she has that well of experience to tap into, but, you know, you took off some time after college and and didn't run for for how long? Yeah, I took five years off, and I mean, I so I I still ran, just not competitively. You know, I, I ran maybe a couple of days a week, and I lifted a lot more. So the the focus shifted a bit, and, and even then, it wasn't like I was not performance. There, there's no goals. I was just staying in shape, you know, and just exercising on a regular basis. Um, you know, and, and then when the spark came back, that's when I jumped back into it and, you know, found, found that, that competitive edge again. And sometimes people need that, you know, you know, I know a lot of other people that have taken time off and they've came back to this sport and performed really, really well. And th this could certainly happen as well. And I know you've you've taken time off too, right? After college? Yeah. I mean, I I really did not run at all, probably for like a year and a half. And then I uh trained for, for about six weeks and did a five K and it was substantially slower than you know what I could do in, in college, which is obvious, but you know, a year and a half of not running, you're you're almost back to square one in a oh, way. Yeah. Like I was, I'm trying to remember, but I think so. I was like a mid 15 5K runner in college. And then I did uh, a some, oh, an Oktoberfest 5K. And I think I did it in around 18 minutes. And uh, maybe it was like 18, 20. I'll have to look. Um, but it, it took, and then I did another race a few months later. I think I barely went under 18. And then it was just a steady progression. It, it took, probably another year and a half, two years before I could, you know, run even close to what I ran in college. And, and it, so, so it, it takes a while mm -hmm. <laughs> if you don't do anything, but if, so it's not like you could just train for two months and then be back into it, or at least I couldn't. So, you know, with, with her, I, 
we know that it doesn't take that much to sort of hang on to fitness, but it's been five years. Like she retired in 2017, mm-hmm. it's 2022. If she hasn't been in the water, then yeah, she probably lost a, a decent amount of swim fitness, but her technique is still there. And we all know that that's probably more important than, than anything when it comes to swimming. And, and she should be able to tap back into swimming fairly quickly. Um, and then the good thing with cycling is that, you know, it's probably a little bit less technique involved. Um, maybe she's been cross training a few and she's been cycling, you know, a few hours each week. I think she could tap back into that very quickly. And she's been running, which is probably the most important discipline to, to stay in touch with. So I don't doubt that within six months, she could be in phenomenal shape. Um, cycling fitness tends to come back quickly. Like, mm-hmm. That's fairly evident. And, uh, you know, she has a really deep base of, of running. And uh, I think she's in a better position than, you know, two-year post-college Conrad was to <laughs> crush crush a try. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think the she's in an abysmal starting point. Like, yeah. I think she'll be, uh, she'll be okay. And I think she'll be competitive at the, at the world stage in, in not too long. Yeah. I wonder if her, her mindset of racing again, though, will, will, will change. Cause so I remember my first race back into the 5k in Franklin, Tennessee, uh, on Labor Day weekend. And so like I had, I, I was training for this race and I had the fitness to go behind it. However, I just completely forgot like what I was capable of and even just lost touch of like what it felt like. And I remember, I'll never forget this feeling. I went out in I think four forty eight for the first mile. And <laughs> I finished in sixteen forty eight. So I blew up. <laughs> and and so that was just obviously nonsense. And you know, but I think knowing how to race will be really important and uh just being really aware in and how you feel. But I guess when the races are that short you know, it's a little bit different than like a long course, for example, where people tend to go out a little too fast often. Sure. And, you know, she's going to know her, her, you know, threshold, she's going to know her fitness. So there won't be a question mark on what, you know, she, she can hold. You know, if we compare it to, you know, 15 years ago, there was much less science involved in, in, uh, in endurance training, just in general. Um, so, you know, at this point, you know, we can do some tests and, 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 and know exactly sort of what she should be able to, to hold and put out. But, but you're right. It is always a little bit of a shock for when elite athletes or sub elite athletes take some time off and then jump back in. And they sort of think that they're as fit as they once were. And then they quickly find out that they weren't, um, (laughs) you know, I remember going to the track and, in East Nashville and, you know, wanting to do some 800s and uh, just remembering, you know, the college times that, you know, we, we'd throw down in those when we were doing 800s, you know, just click them off at like, you know, 220 and or whatever. And, uh, you know, just dying and not even <laughs> being able to run under three minutes uh, for, for those, which is, you know, all of this is relative, but, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about, a lot, a lot slower, relatively speaking. I mean, three minutes for 800s, it's solid, respectable, um, especially for age group triathletes. But, um, 
you know, it's just when you compare yourself, you just don't know how to slow down. Mm-hmm. And I had an interesting conversation with with somebody and, and you know, we were looking at certain, uh, you know, like age group triathletes who were at the maybe the top, you know, on that age group pro bubble. And, you know, it's, it would show up to race it. Maybe they would get injured or something and then they would come back and uh, they just wouldn't know how to sort of shut it off and adjust their pacing relative to current fitness level. And, and you can't fake fitness in, in long course racing, you know, you just can't. Um, but so, so we saw certain athletes kind of blow up just because, you know, they don't know how to slow down and, and race their fitness, but you know, the super sprint is a, maybe you can fake it a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, or maybe not, you know, I think obviously at the, at the tip top level, the margins are razor thin. So it's everybody's fit. You can't mess up and you can't really fake it no matter what, but it's easier to fake it in a, in a super sprint. Yeah. I wonder, obviously I know like in her, her video, she talked about how the mixed team relay got her excited about it, but I'm surprised like with the time off and, you know, with her fitness ability, she, she didn't decide to step it up to the next distance, like the 70.3 or even the Ironman. And mm-hmm. obviously everyone's got different goals. Like her goals obviously shifted quite a bit from being an Olympic gold medalist in triathlon to pursuing the marathon. Um, but I think a lot of people are, were anticipating she would come back to long course and that's just not the case, but I wonder, I wonder if the, in the future she'll do that. Yeah, that, that's a good question. You know, I was wondering that also, you know, it's surprising that she's going after the, uh, you know, the super sprint distance and, you know, maybe it has to do with funding or who knows, I don't know what's going on in the background. It's also the path she knows, which is, you know, the, through the, you know, typical sort of USAT Olympic pathway. Um, so that's, that's interesting. And then, you know, another consideration though, is, is that bike fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely the case that, in a draft legal race, you don't really need all that much cycling fitness. And I don't say that lightly, like it's, you don't need that much. <laughs> like if you compare the top long course athletes of the world and you look at what the short course athletes are, are sort of putting out, I'm not saying that short course athletes can't crush it. I'm just saying it matters so much less objectively. So, um, whereas in a 70.3, you know, maybe she can't, she knows she can't hang with Taylor Nib. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other sort of top top cyclists. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of good ones, um, but maybe that's the next step later on. Um, no idea what her her goals are, but would you know, looking forward to hearing more about you know, what she wants to do and what she wants to get out of the sport. But you know, after the Paris Games, you know, she's thirty eight. You know, she'll probably have you know a few years of of long course racing as an opportunity to pursue, um, before, you know, just age related fitness loss starts happening. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Um, it's, it's exciting though. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely for, especially for the U S you know, triathletes as well, because there's, I mean, everyone forgets like that we've had top end athletes, you know, everyone's looking at the Norwegians as this, special you know group of individuals that perform really well but we have just as many high performing athletes as well yes yes you know we have a good we have a lot of strong athletes so um 
you know, that's going to make it harder for Gwen to, I think, earn a slot. Um, but again, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And I also wonder if, I think she gained a number of followers being a runner and mm -hmm. training with the Bowerman Track Club. And it's interesting to see if she can attract, you know, runners to triathlon. Um, and I, I think that that could be a great thing for the sport. And I think that her returning tri to triathlon is good for the sport just in general. So um, we, we definitely want the sport to continue growing at a national level and at a world level for various reasons. And, you know, something like this can only help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, anything else out there in the news? Uh, it's, it's been pretty quiet in the triathlon world. I mean, some, I know certain athletes are sort of switching coaches and, uh, you know, there's other as always controversial things in, in the triathlon world that, uh, probably isn't worth discussing, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I think that that covers most of what we wanted to talk about today. Absolutely. Well, good stuff. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in today. And, uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at info at workingtriathlete.com. And as always, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks, guys. See ya.